I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. happened I, I i promise you i said this to my new husband the other day i said out of nowhere i didn't know this was happening out of nowhere i just said to him i know i'll meet oprah it's fine i don't have to worry about it i know i'll meet oprah it's going to happen one and day. then two days later this it happens happened. yes that's the way life is thanks for having do me. you like saying the words new husband do you like saying the word husband yes you i do. love saying it i never thought i would say it I never even aspired to, to have a husband. <laughs> I'm still so used to calling him my bitch, you know? So it's just weird to now, though. Yeah, but is it? Because I know that some women, when they first get married, they just love saying the word. They yeah, love, it's And so the thought fun. of it is an interesting thought. So when you say my husband, my husband, what actually is the feeling that resonates inside? It's like a calm, it's a peace. Yeah. Yeah, it, it feels really it's good. It's a comfort, right? Totally. Yeah. It's a total comfort. Yeah, I love him. You know? Like, yeah. I found the guy I wanted to partner up with. I never... Yeah, he's more than I would have So, I, interesting for. the way you say, I love him, yeah. versus what he does, or who he is in the world, right, what right. his label says he is, what is... Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, no. And it's not just saying husband. It's like, I picture him when I say that word, you know? Mm. It's... Yeah, it's like going into the business of life with somebody, and I, I have such a great partner. And you were ready. I, yeah, I was ready. How did you know you were ready? Um, I, I, I just knew. Yeah. It felt, I, I'd never wanted to be married, ever. Mm -hmm. I thought the concept of marriage was weird. Like, why do you want to involve the government in love, <laughs> you know? But then I just... I wanted to sign all available paperwork to commit to this man. And when you knew that? I was, uh, yeah, my sister, she gave a toast at the wedding and yeah. she said, she, well, she was crying, her husband mostly read it, but she, she said, um, she, she carries you with her. It, it's a Ooh. new calm in her. It's, she's more dropped in and, and just happy and peaceful. And that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Gail and I watched this film with uh, one of my girls who's going to med school, one of my South African girls yeah. who's now in med school, and we, we were talking about how the term LOL has become such a rhetorical term, uh, yeah. but when you watch this film, you really are doing it, and you're in the middle <laughs> of doing it, thinking, I'm having an LOL moment for real. Right, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's few and far between now, right? Where, yes, like, where you really are. Yeah, you can watch something and go, you more likely say like, "Oh, that's funny," but you don't laugh, yeah. you know. But yeah. I, I, I laugh. The first time this. she goes to Soul Cycle, <laughs> the first time she goes to Soul Cycle, and the pants split in the chair. Does yeah. Because I was that girl at Soul Cycle who couldn't figure out how to get the the, the shoes, the click into right. the machine. And, it's like learning to drive a tractor trailer. And everybody else there, obviously, yeah, just, has you been know, there yeah. and looks like they've been drinking right. forever. They're totally ready and to rock. And they can stand up and they can rock and the whole thing. Yeah, I never caught up to that. But the reason this movie resonated so deeply with me is because you were saying in your way the same thing I've been trying to say for years, is that you become what you believe. Yes. You I've become, heard you say that. Yes, yeah. and you become what you believe. Right. And that if you switch the paradigm and you're willing to see things differently, mm -hmm. things become different. Yeah. Yeah. Which I is completely... basically the concept behind I, I feel know. Brave. And it's but it's like the kind of thing where you, you can you can say it and you can feel like you found the right words. Yep. But this really felt like a story that that exemplified it perfectly. Like it was like here, look at this this concept in practice. And that's why when I heard the premise of it, I just thought, oh, that's so great. That's a really great way to show this message. Yes. You yeah. know, it's not about other people's comments about you or their idea of you. It's all mental. It's all about how you feel and how you see yourself. And that's why you can see some women on the beach and they're wearing their bikinis and they are 
three times the size that you are, yeah. and they seem to be rocking it. Yeah. And I've seen those women, and I'm like, uh, right. how is she doing that? Yeah, and you're like, she's sexy. Yes. Right? Yes. It's just, it's not about, yeah, it's not about this, the, the package that you've come in. It's about how you feel in it. Yeah. Have you always, when I look at you, I think and feel, well, first of all, let me just say, you are the modern day uh, warrior woman in that you have actually changed the way so many women perceive themselves and their lives. You have done that through your work, through your art, through yourself. I will cry 90 seconds into this interview, <laughs> so no, don't worry about that. It is that. true, it is true. And I know you didn't set out to do that, because yeah. I know how it works. I know that just being yourself was enough to bring the warrior to the world. Damn it, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, right back at you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't set out to do that at first. I just wanted to perform and make people laugh. And then I, I realized people are paying attention. You, and you have this, not responsibility, but this opportunity to be a voice for women. Yeah. And I have done my best to rise to that. And I'm trying to catch up and learn in real time so that I can. What the responsibility is. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. And people always talk about the responsibility and ask me to, you know, I've often been asked about, does it feel weighted? Is it heavy? No, because when you're just being yourself, it just is, right? Yeah, there's no fear. Right. Uh, because you really, really trust your intentions and, and your potential, which is sort of with this movie, that's what I, that's what I want. And I think that's what all, all we both want for women is for them to get out of their own way and, and have the tools to live up to their full potential, not let anything hold them back, like how they feel they look or some flaw that they perceive in themselves. When's the first time you actually said to yourself, I feel pretty? Um, probably as a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just as a toddler. I, I did I did feel pretty and, and great and really confident as a little girl. My parents just drilled it into my head that I was special, you know? Yeah. And I bought it. And by the time I realized that I didn't, you know, look like somebody who would wind up um, in, in magazines that we have gotten used to. Yeah. It was kind of too late. The brainwashing had already you already thought taken you hold. You already thought you were fantastic. Yeah. 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 But then you had a, some shaky moments going to college, did you not? When oh, you were in yeah. the US. With yeah. The, and as a child, yes. you know, you, you start, like bullying happens. and But I still had a good, I, I had the groundwork place to be like, no, I think you're wrong. My mom said I'm gorgeous. <laughs> but then I felt like in high school, I really had an identity. I knew who I was, and people knew me, right. and respected me, and I was proud of myself. And then you get dropped off in college, and all of a sudden, no one knows you, and it's back to being completely judged by your parents. It's all, I felt like I was, my worth was only in, in my physicality. And, and it, it took me, you know, maybe, maybe a year or more to get back to remembering that that's not who I am, and to stop listening to to other people. I needed to listen to myself, what I knew, and that I was I was proud of of who I was as a as a friend and a sister and a student and and everything else, and and that that's that that's where my confidence really came from. But but it was a constant battle, and then entering the business, you know, mm -hmm. there there have been moments where, yeah, just other people. You know, I feel great in my own skin, in my body. It's I have had to walk other people through my body. You have to like hold their hand and say, It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Let yeah. me explain to you. Mm -hmm. And they're like, So you just get up with that body and you but did brush you your always teeth? feel great because you were able to portray this woman uh, on screen in your stand up that feels insecure, that feels like she's, you know, looking for answers, that feels the woman you portray yeah. so beautifully reflects, I think, insecurities and uh, sometimes lack of confidences that a lot of women feel. So they yeah. feel like you're like me. 
Yeah, I think a lot of women have identified with how I was feeling, I, and I think it was a defense mechanism. A yeah. lot of my stand-up and a lot of a lot that of myself. That woman you're portraying—that's not really you. No, it, it hadn't been in the yes. past. I, when I started stand-up, I was doing a full character, pretty mm -hmm. much. Um, this real irreverent kind of dummy who who said things and didn't realize why that they would be funny. And then over the years, I've gotten closer and closer to just being myself on stage, and you know, realize I don't want people laughing at things for the wrong reasons. And and now to the point where I understand if I'm being self-deprecating, that might actually hurt someone else's feelings. feelings yes. And so that's something I have taken responsibility for. And I'll still make a joke um, about something a troll said to me or, you know, that, that wound up making me feel empowered. But I've really laid off that because I, I realized it wasn't good for me or, or the people watching. The self-deprecating humor. Yeah. 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 So, you know, when you like somebody, and I've liked you so much from afar, Thanks. you always want to be like them. Uh -huh. There's a part of you that says, oh, gee, I want to. And so when I was reading Girl with, <laughs> with the back tattoo, lower back oh, tattoo, yeah. I was so thrilled to realize, you know how you and I are most alike? Let me guess. You're an introvert. I'm an <laughs> introvert! I knew it. I, you knew you, it? Yes, because... I would guess that about you because really? you, because you if you're you, the only person I've ever said that to that they don't say oh you're not really yeah. oh no no you you but but what, the way you described it yeah. in, in the book I what like, that is that is so me yeah I've been at parties where I have to get up and leave Take a and break. I'm just in the bathroom recharge yeah recharge I love the bathroom L love it love to hide in the bathroom love to hide in the bathroom yeah people uh, are confused about. You know, but how could you get up in front of so many people? Whatever yes. you say, it's 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 different. And when I think when you're so giving of yourself right. and and your mind and and everything, you you need you need to take a break. You you can't because you're giving, 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 giving. Yeah. And it's very interesting because Gail, yeah, who I know you just interviewed with, I love her. Is who yes, the best <laughs> friend ever. But she is a true extrovert. Yeah, is she? True extrovert okay. in that she gets energy from people. She right, feeds, feeds off it. She feeds and off it. And we get sucked dry. And I, and I get sucked yeah, dry. Yeah, you need yes. to be taken out of a party in a stretcher. Yes. I know. We yeah. will leave the same party and she'll say, oh my God, that was so much fun. And I'm like, oh, like, no, I need to be exhausting. quiet. Can we yes. just put music on and be quiet? Yes, yes, yes. I, yes. I need like long silences and... And what yeah. I loved about the way you described it in, in, in the book is that you used to apologize for it or think you were weird Something it. was wrong with me. Yeah, I yeah. did too. I used to think, well, what's wrong with me? Right. I should be so. And mm -hmm. I, because you're on TV every day, I was, and people have this expectation. Sure. Literally in the airport, someone said to me once, you're not acting like you do on TV. I was just I'm sitting not on there. TV, I'm Mama. Not a, woman comes up to me and says, I know. you're not acting like you do on that's, TV. And that's tough. That's, um, you know, people have. Uh, an expectation of what it what it would be like to meet you, or what yeah. they would say, or, and I, because I'm aware of that, it, you know, if I saw you at a party, uh -huh. I think were you at Ellen's party? Yes, I was at Ellen's. Yeah, party. so I I was I purposely didn't seek you out because it's just too much. It just it it takes so much from someone, and I'm so aware of what it's like to be an introvert that I wouldn't want to do that to anyone. So there's really great interactions that I can have. So You know what my favorite thing is walking around Central what? Park or something? People who just smile or wave. That's the best. That's the best. And I can deal with the quick, I love you, or keep going. Yeah. Um, and then anything else, it's me trying to do a good job for them, yes. you know? And, yeah. and I feel like I disappoint people all day. Well, you also write about, in a uh, Girl with a Lower Back Tattoo, you write about this, this thing of women always having to exert this emotional energy, being right. the ones to make everything okay. Mm -hmm. Trying to be likable. Yes. Another, a, another reporter was interviewing you once and asked this question about emotional labor. Are you the one who has to do all the emotional oh. labor yeah. in the relationship? Which is true, and then you, you wrote about it. Yeah, I, I think people don't understand like what it, I have the hardest time in the world with small talk. I can't do it, especially I when you're, are you can't. like that, right. When, especially when you're traveling so much, it tires me. It, I, it, I can't do it. I, I, they say, "How was the flight?" And I'm like, "It went up, <laughs> it came down." Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. The weather. I'm here for 12 hours. It's just, 
and all they, they're just having a nice interaction. People do it all day, and some people really love it, and I just, I don't have the capacity for it. I'd rather somebody say, I'm getting a divorce. I'd say, oh, tell me about it. Yes. <laughs> right? I can get into it, into but that. I can't. Yeah, but I, I just. So what's your favorite introverted thing to do? Oh, um, a long walk. Like, a, a, you know, dangerously long walk. And, and music and not talking to anybody. Or reading. Or I meditate. Mm -hmm. I do TM. Isn't meditation, isn't it? It's a life changer. I know. How long have you been doing it? Especially for an introvert. Um, six years. Yeah. I started doing it, and especially if you're on a set or something, yep. it's just, it's like getting a great night of sleep in the middle of the day. And then, because, yeah, you go back to work, and it's not just doing your work. It's also how, saying hi to everyone on set, asking the cameraman how his daughter's soccer tournament went, and you know, really showing up for people because if, if it's your set, if it's your place of work, you obviously set the tone for how everyone's going to treat each other. So Absolutely. you can't be in a bad mood. And nope. then that takes away the right from anyone else to come and, and be crabby. Right. So what has it done for you, do you think, meditation? Given me great ideas. Mm -hmm. I've had amazing realizations and just given me energy, made me healthier. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's one of the most life-enhancing things I ever did. Yeah, was to learn how to meditate. Right. Yeah. For people like us, I think it's the greatest gift we could get. Yeah, and the ultimate in going in. Yeah. 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 So, when you wrote, when you were, when you decided you were going to do "I Feel Pretty," mm -hmm. you were intentionally trying to do what? Aside from creating this entertaining film that. Yeah, I We're was laughing out loud, loud too. Thank you. I was trying to send this message to everyone, but really to young women. This this concept that has that I had, you know, that became fact to me of of where I get my confidence and and how to live up to my full potential. I it's just a gift that I wanted to give to everyone, and especially young, young women. We had a screening the other night for just teenage girls, and it was really emotional. It was, it was one of the best nights of my life. Just really? to, yeah, just, I mean, they loved the movie. They were having fun and dancing and laughing, and, but you know, you know, moments going, no, 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 or, you know, or cheering. But then at the end, when I give that speech, where I realized it was me, um, they were real quiet, and then they were wiping tears, and, and then just talking to them after the movie. I felt like it really affected them, and and I I, I think maybe this movie might accomplish what I wanted it to. Is to get women to see themselves differently, especially yeah, to empower girls. them. To empower them. Yeah, to, because if you're worried about how you look or you're pulling at something, and you 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 can't get out of your own way. You can't just think about your brain and. And, and speak up and share your ideas because we've gotten so accustomed to trying to be everything to everyone as women, being likable, being a good host, trying to look perfect. And also we're afraid of insults. So many women don't speak up if somebody wrongs them just for fear of somebody saying something mean about you. Absolutely, but you're different. I am different. <laughs> you're different. I look I at that as an opportunity. You look at, you look at the trolls as a, as a way to inspire you, right? Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I couldn't feel a mean internet comment now if I wanted to. I think I've gotten so desensitized to it over the years. And then it just, I, I feel such sympathy for the people who feel motivated to go. I mean, I don't even know anyone that would write a mean comment on a stranger's Instagram or right, whatever. Right. If I found out one of my friends wrote something mean on a Kardashian's social media, I'd be like, "You're out of my phone. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. What is wrong with you?" But it used to like trigger you, right? I, I used to. It used to hurt my feelings when I was. You know, this is literally ten years ago. I did that show, Last Comic Standing, and people would. I'd get compliments, and then I would just get the most hateful. Vile, vile, just cruel, and I would think, oh, you know, it, I, and you almost accept it as fact, like, oh, I, okay, I'm ugly. Wait, this says I'm beautiful. Oh, I'm, you know, the most disgusting woman alive. And and then after a while, you're like, oh, they're both right. Yeah, <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. 
and then uh, not just trolls, you know, it's, it's, I think the worst is when people say something to you and they don't know they're insulting you. They think they're saying something to you like you knew it already, you know, being like, you know, they'll be like, you know how you have like a really like chubby face and I'm like, <laughs> and you have to be like, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I know. You know, and then you're like, okay, now that's a new fact. Like, people hand you new insecurities about yourself. Uh, but you're one of those people, one of those, you're a real woman, and Maya Angelou used to say to me, you can always tell the difference between a real woman and just an aging female. Oh, so, oh God. So Thank you for her. I mean, yes. I, I you know, read her in school, but you, your relationship with her yes. really changed my life. And her phenomenal woman poem. I, 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 I listened to her read it a lot in, in prep for this movie and during filming. So well, that's everything to me. Well, you're a real woman and you were able to take the, 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 the negative comments, the trolls, all the things that you just mentioned that people have said, and you turned it into something beautiful because when you posted mm -hmm. the Annie Leibovitz oh, yeah. nude photo, didn't you say that? Beautiful yeah. and sexy and ugly and blah, 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 right. and all of that. Yeah. Right, yeah. I listed a whole bunch of words just because you know the comments are going to come. And, um, and yeah, that was me commenting on, on people's experience of, of my body, of how I look. It was so interesting. And... Some people were like, she shouldn't have posted that. She, you know, it's disgusting. Yeah. And then I think it was a high school girl. I think she had just been on a trip where she saw the actual sculpture of Aphrodite, and she photoshopped it. She she put it next to mine, and we had the same body. And I, and it was like that was so interesting to me. It was like, isn't see? it interesting? <laughs> it, what you just said, even I just heard it in a way I hadn't before. When you just said people commenting on my body, the fact that we live in a world where people have think they have the right to comment on someone else's body. There, it's, and it's really all about themselves, you know? I, I, and this trailer of this movie coming out, there was, there was this backlash and people were really upset about it. And, and they, they, they projected so much of their own, of, of themselves onto it. Like some people said, why did she have to see herself as skinny to feel beautiful? And I said, you, you never see what I saw. You're, that's what you think I saw. I know what I saw, but but people have so much emotion about this topic because we've all had had so many battles uh, with ourselves about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, and are conflicted ourselves about yeah. it. Yeah. Or think that whatever decision you've arrived at for yourself, everyone else should have the same right. opinion or they same decision. They think they're right, and you're yeah. like, I'm right. Yes. You know, what well, my experience yeah. matters. That is so interesting because when she's, we never know what she sees. No. We're looking at the same person. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I know what I saw, you know, and to be honest with you, I was looking at myself. I didn't picture someone else. I, I looked at what the image that was in front of me and I, I let myself love, love this package I come in. I was feeling grateful for my legs and my strong arms and you know this healthy yeah, body and yeah. I, really I'm looking at myself and I let myself just fall in love yeah I had I had one of those moments uh, a couple of years ago I was standing in the mirror and I was just like you know all these years struggling pushing against it pushing against it and then I just thought about my heart beating all those years every single moment never giving up my legs remaining strong my feet being able to walk on my arms you can raise your I mean it's like Falling in love with yourself. That's it. Yeah. My dad has MS. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, I, who am I to be upset that I don't look the way that society has conditioned me to feel is right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful, and I'm. But yeah, there have been times I've tried to lose weight. I tried to whatever, and I just realized I. What if I just love myself today, right now, how mm -hmm. I am? I don't want to be striving for this other version. Yeah. I really just reached a point. Are you here too? where you just want to make yourself the healthiest you can be. Yeah. 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 That's I want to nourish my body. I want to nourish And my it. mind. Yeah. And my yeah. mind. And my spirit. To, yeah. yeah. Working More on than all anything. of that. That's, yeah. what, that's what the meditation's about. Mm -hmm. So you have been empowering women with your film and your stand-up long before I Feel Pretty. Was that a conscious move? 
Not at first, mm -hmm. but once I, but then once I realized, I thought even when I, with stand up before I filmed my first hour special, which was called Mostly Sex Stuff. Um, excuse me, I can't believe I'm burping in front of Oprah, but I know it's okay. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Um, I, I thought. I thought, I don't remember hearing women talk about sex very much. I can't, I couldn't think of a stand-up comic. I couldn't think of a, that had really talked about it at length. And, and I had, you know, all the, all the artwork that I've seen, Eve Ensler's vagina monologues, where I realized, oh, a lot of women, they go to their graves without ever having an orgasm because they felt ashamed or mm -hmm. like they didn't deserve it. Um, or were self-conscious. And I just thought, if there's a way that I can help women enjoy their lives more and feel more empowered and be able to enjoy sex and realize that they have a right to an orgasm too, that, so before my first hour special, that's when I, I thought, I, I wanna do my part and be this. I'll be this thing. I don't feel, you know, I don't think about sex more than other people. I don't have sex more than other people, but I, that was the first sort of gateway I, I saw that, that this is the thing I'll be right now. And I know I'm constantly evolving and, uh, and you know, and just changing who I am as, as a comic and as an artist and a woman, but, but that was the first time I, I thought about yes. that consciously. And do you think that standing on stage talking about it very different than putting it in a film. There's something about the storytelling mm -hmm. and the visuals that give people an opportunity to make, th that makes it even more okay. Yeah, I, I mean, well, artwork, these films and, and TV shows and songs, this is what shapes us, I think. This is what, you know, I can read an article and learn, but, but really it's, mm -hmm. it's these pieces you can watch and, and take the messages from But you it. have done more than that. You've given us permission to even talk about where our poop comes out. <laughs> <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> I am doing God's work. <laughs> so, so nothing's taboo, really, in terms of being able to talk about things that human beings experience. I don't think so. It's like, yeah, we're human beings. Yes. I don't, I don't see any value in in the the shame we've been conditioned to feel about these these things that we were born with being plagued with I don't I, you know I have a joke right now where I talk about and it's true like if you I don't that I don't like to buy tampons because you can kind of always get one like somebody will hook you up with one but the way we ask for them we say I say you don't even have to say the words you can just go does anyone have like we, you know, like, like just, yeah. and we have to, we whisper it like yes, like I didn't ask to be born with ovaries and and to shed my uterine lining once a month, it, you know. But it's, and then people go, oh, don't talk about don't you know? And it's like, well, I don't think we should be at the dinner table like showing pictures of our poop, but I don't want to be made to feel bad that I'm a human being, right? Who poops? Who poops? And if you don't. You're I'm gonna sorry. be in big. You got right. Yeah, you're gonna be in big trouble. We gotta take care of that and quick. Yeah. So being able to, 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 that wasn't a conscious decision. But once you, when did you realize you were there? That you'd reached a point where you'd hit the zeitgeist at the right moment in time, where you could be heard, your particular brand of authenticity, and just being you, could be received. Maybe right this second. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I have to say this is like probably uh, the greatest moment so far. Um, and I'm feeling every single moment and trying to appreciate it and be present. Um, um, that was just a selfish little moment I took for myself, so I'd like to apologize. Fully but um, I think after the first season of my TV show came out, that was uh, the reaction to it. There was such a demand to be getting this perspective in a way I didn't realize. I didn't, we didn't know we were doing something that felt revolutionary to the people who were paying attention. And then somebody, a writer described our show as, as putting shaved carrots into brownies, you know? Like, people don't want to feel like they're learning. Right, right, right. But to say, you know, here, eat this, and then you walk out being uh, nourished. Um, Which is why all those young girls watching I Feel Pretty, I Know came out 
you know, with more than just LOL moments. They came out with, you know, you really walk out of that film and you feel what the definition of empower, what the embodiment of empowerment is. You feel good about you. Yeah. And I think that's what, I mean, you just can't do better than that as an artist. Thank you. I, you walk that's out and you feel good about you. Yeah. 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 I, I just, and less judgmental about other people. Right. And if you can do that in a film and make people laugh, Come, Come on, on, Amy Schumer. What do you want, Oprah? <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Really, I, I, I really felt that. I thought, wow, this is more than just a film. We talked about it a lot afterwards. It's like so meaningful. Thank you. And all my girls are going to go to see it. So this Me Too movement that we're in. Let's get into it. Let's get into Let's it. Come hashtag on. us too. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, what struck me in... Um, in, in Girl with a Lower Back Tattoo, you're telling the story about where, is that where I saw it? Yeah, about being, it was sort of graped and not. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, um, so in my stand-up I used to talk about, I called it grape, gray area rape, which is, you know, it was a way of bringing this up in my stand-up, Shave Carrots, trying to make, um, make people laugh while they learned. And it was really me saying, um, you know, we're, when we hear about rape when we're children and, and we're being warned about it, it's about a guy popping out That's from right. a bush while and you're dragging in the park. You into the bush. Right. Yes. And some villain, they don't say, it's probably going to be a guy you know really well. It could be your husband, it could be your friend. Um, and so, and so you think when, some, when that happens to you, you say, okay, well, this isn't, this isn't someone I want to see sitting rotting in a jail cell, but what he did to me was wrong. And, I didn't consent, and um, and for me, I lost my virginity while I was asleep, and that's not okay. So in my stand-up, I would say, if if she's asleep, that's a no. Just hoping that a couple of guys would see that and it be met in that moment and say, oh no, this is a no. I heard it in the, somewhere. Not only lost your guys, you lost your virginity mm -hmm. when you were asleep, but you're on the sofa, on the bed, wherever you all yeah. were, and you wake up and he's penetrated you, yeah. and then you don't feel okay about that. He no. obviously doesn't feel okay no. about that. The first thing he said was, I thought you knew. I didn't say anything yet. Yeah. He said, I thought you knew. Yes. Yeah. Now what's interesting about that is that you then were feeling bad for how he would feel the yeah, next day. Yeah, he was my boyfriend. Yeah. I loved him. I had to comfort him. I also felt really angry which um, was something I, it was just a feeling I had. I felt really angry at him. And it's, it's like a, a rage that has stayed with me. I don't think you lose that. And um, you know, as, as women, we're, we're really trained not to get angry because mm -hmm. that makes people uh, dismiss you right away. There's sort right. of no place for that anger. Mm -hmm. um, but but I, I, I felt, I wanted to comfort him because he felt so bad and he was so worried and uh, just tried to push my anger down. And then you did have sex with him. Yeah, then eventually, yeah. I mean, yeah. we were together. Yeah. 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 It, it was, um, you know, and then, and people hear a woman say that uh, she was sexually assaulted. And it's, I think nine times out of 10, people's first reaction is to doubt the woman. It's just something that men and women do. We think, well, wait, what was, what happened? Yeah. We need, we, we're gonna decide if you consented. And with the statistics of, I think it's one in six women yeah. it's, it, is sexually assaulted. Well, those statistics don't match up. If right. one in six of us is raped and you're doubting all of us, Who's, who, where are the numbers matching up here, you know? Would you define it differently now? What happened to me? Yes, would you define it as rape and not grape? I, you know, there is the desire to label things so we can store it somewhere mm -hmm. and put it away, you know? What was that? But I... I don't, I, I personally, I feel like I lost my virginity through rape. I didn't consent, we hadn't discussed it. 
we weren't there in our relationship. We weren't at that moment. Um, and we talked about things, you know? We, we were open so with each other. So it felt like also deep betrayal. Yeah. Deep betrayal. From someone who I really trusted. Yeah. 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 When I was reading that, I was like, that is rape. That's why I wanted to know if you think differently about it now. Yeah. I, had I also have the fear of saying that because then it's, you know, this part of our interview will be, you know, it'll be a thing and then it'll be discussed and debated and people, people will be angry. People get angry when, when you share your story. And that's why the Me Too movement is so important because it's a whole group of us saying not only are we not angry, we're grateful that you were brave enough. And this new generation, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful to them and what we're learning from, from them. But what you just said earlier, Amy, is, is, is really of, of great value. And I remember in the early days of the Oprah show, uh, the very first time we did a woman who said she was raped by her husband, other women in the audience said, that's impossible. So that's in the 90s. In the 90s, women were saying, it's impossible to be raped by your husband right. because you, you belong to your husband. Yeah. And like you give forever consent. That's right. You and so you're do. just being there. You're being married means you're not. So I had a terrible incident at my school when my school first opened in South Africa where girls were molested at my school. I'm so sorry. And uh, it was two years after that molestation had taken place that one of the girls was in bed in the dorm and had literally lost her voice. And I said, you've lost your voice because you, you, you won't speak, you refuse to speak, you refuse to speak. And she said that it wasn't until someone had come to the school talking about how to do self-defense and self-protection for women that she didn't have the language for what had happened to her. She said, I didn't know what that was, I didn't have the words, and it wasn't until I saw the tape that I now realize I was raped. So what you just said and what I've experienced with you know, some of my girls is we, we didn't have the language for it. Right. You think that if you are you know, at his apartment or you agree to the date or you said okay to dinner, that it means you have the right to do whatever. Well, you know, I, um, first of all, I loved your piece on 60 Minutes last week and mm. thank you for that and mm. that was the most heartbreaking thing. Um, but another heartbreaking moment was in the Stormy Daniels interview when she said, when she described going to the hotel room mm -hmm. and kind of feeling like she had to have sex with him. She talked about, and whoever it was, it doesn't even matter that it was um, him. Uh, she, she said, oh, what have I gotten myself into? That feeling of, well, I went home with him. Mm -hmm and I see what he wants, and she just felt like she didn't have another choice. Right. And I understand that feeling. I had put myself in that position there. I can think of a couple of men that I slept with where I, I realized I didn't want to, but just kind of felt like, it'll be too hard to get out of here without. I didn't think that they would rape me or assault me. I just, I felt like by being there, I had signed some that sort of contract. That you'd ask for it, that you'd ask for it. But what I, what I learned, I think I was like 19 or 20, was that that it is never too late to say no. And we should all do our best not to put ourselves in, in situations. We shouldn't go back to someone's hotel room. We shouldn't, um, we should do our best not to physically be somewhere uh, where we're sending those messages. But if you have done that, if, you, if you've made the mistake, if you've gone home and you realize you don't want to sleep with them, you're allowed to leave and you won't regret leaving like you will regret sleeping with someone you don't want to. You don't need to power through sex with someone. You, you can always leave and you, you always have the right and the option and, and kind of the responsibility. I think something with this movement that's changed me is, is that it, it's not just good for us mm -hmm. to, um, to call out these moments and tell someone that made me uncomfortable or that's not okay. It's about doing the right thing for the woman who comes after you. Right. I think we forget about that woman. Right. So if someone's hurting you, it's, it's not just good for you. 
to stop that behavior. It's, it's good for everyone who will come after you. And so if a doctor does something that makes you uncomfortable or someone in an elevator or your husband or anyone, you have to tell them it's not okay for other women. And that's really what the this moment, the time's up moment, yeah. is really all about. Yeah. It's about, first of all, I think, first and foremost, is for women to get that for ourselves. Yeah. Don't you think so? Absolutely. And then to be able to message it in such a way that other people, men in particular, understand. Because I can understand where men are confused. Absolutely. Don't and you understand why they're confused? I totally get it. And it's a lot of change at once. Yeah. And so um, while this isn't a time to be sympathizing with men, it's not about them. Yeah. I think it's the most productive for us to hold their hands and say, this is how you help us. We, what you've done, I, I want to just say, let's just go from here. Okay? Mm -hmm. And, and um, that doesn't mean you're not responsible for what you've done in the past, but, but let's all just start over. And, and it's up to us to teach them mm -hmm. what's okay because for so long it's been okay. And the girl at the office would, would flirt back with you and it was okay. You'd make a comment about her body or outfit and, you know, and now it's like, now hey, it's not. I'm, I'm actually not comfortable with that. Not comfortable with that. So a lot of the people who've been accused or some of the people who've been accused are comedians, one, sure. your former friend. How, how challenging or difficult is it when it's somebody you know who's been put in the spotlight like? like? Um, I, I don't feel challenged uh, as a friend. I feel, I feel for the women mm -hmm. who, whether or not it was the, the men's intention, it's what, they, it's what the women experienced. And right. so I just feel for them and I put myself in their shoes. I think what I would have felt like. And, and I'm, I'm someone who's strong and <laughs> speaks up and I've still had these moments and, uh, you know, more than I'm proud of and what, but ones that I wouldn't have now. And, and this movement, Time's Up and Me Too, it, it's really changed me and my behavior with what I am and I'm not willing to deal with. And, and in terms of it being some of my friends, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's hard when it's, when it's your, your friend, you know, but I was, don't know. Was Lucy K a, a mentor? Was it? Yeah. 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 Louis yeah. is my friend, a mentor. Yeah. Aziz is my yeah. friend. Um, and, you know, there are plenty of guys that I'm close with who have done things that I don't think they should be very proud of. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, you just hope that, that, that they learn and grow from it and that, that, that it's, so, it's so much bigger than them. You know, this, this moment and these, these incidents are, are really to change the whole population. And so while it feels really personal to them, it's... And it is, but but really it's not. It's it's about everybody and everyone's behavior. So if they have to go through this, you know, t to correct their own behavior or to change the future, then that means that's where we are. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah. That's how we evolve. Yeah. Yeah. One of the mo the proudest moments I had while reading your book was because I'd done so many stories about women who were in relationships where they were battered, and they would say. I remember, you know, interviewing some famous ones once who said, uh, oh, but he just shakes me. He just pushes. He, yeah. And you went through that yeah. and finally got to the point, too, where you realized this is really ab abuse. Yeah, yeah. I got hurt by accident a lot. Yeah. It was that. Oh. It was he didn't realize how hard he grabbed me or shook me or pushed me. Yeah. And I would fall and hit something, and then I'd be hurt. And it would yeah. be like, well, he didn't mean for me to hit that thing. He just thought he was pushing me. Um, that happened to me in my 20s, where he'd slam the door on my hand, or I'd accidentally get a, and then one day I fell, and I, I um, fell in front of the mirror in the hallway, and I saw myself, and I started to cry for this woman that right. I had allowed myself. You were out of your body. I'm out of, yeah, out of my body. I bet Does you that ever happen to that you? moment right yes, now. Yes, I can. I can picture being thrown on the hood of a car yeah. like it was an hour ago. Yeah, and, and running from him, carrying my shoes and running from him, running into backyards trying to get away from him because I was afraid for my life. Um, yeah, it's so out of body. You're like, 
I'm not this woman. Who's this woman? Yeah. Why am I in this woman's body who's running from her boyfriend? This can't be me. And, um, yeah. And you always want to tell yourself that it's something else. Because when I grew up, I'd seen my cousin Alice being uh, beaten by a boyfriend who beat her regularly, and I was always, I will never be that woman. And I held myself right. superior to that. I'm not that kind I'm not of that, woman. Not, not that kind of woman. Yeah, and then you realize that there is then, no kind of woman. There is no kind of woman. It happens to all women. Yes. It's not, you know, who we picture. Um, I think I had a really distinct picture of what I thought an abused woman looked like. It would probably be someone like, you know, in the movie Eight Mile, like Eminem's mom. Right, right. <laughs> And uh, really, it's CEOs and it's it's powerful, brilliant w women. And uh, but don't you think the abuse comes in all forms? Yeah, it comes in every form that doesn't allow you to be who you were meant to be. Yeah. Anytime you're, I believe, anytime you are suppressing any of yourself to try to put on the face, wear the mask for the way a man or a group of people wants you to be then you, you, that's abusive to you. Right, and that's exactly right. I never thought of it that way, but it's, it's he, them breaking you down because yeah. they're afraid of losing you. Yeah. And yeah. it's about themselves, yes. you know? But he really had convinced me that I wasn't lovable and, and he was the only person that could ever possibly love me. So I better work it out with, with him. I'm so lucky to be with him. Right. And... And then again, I would feel bad for him after he hurt me, knowing how bad he would feel. You don't choose to fall in love with someone who hurts you. And you can be in love with someone who hurts hurt you. you. But, but the lesson is, love doesn't hurt. Yeah, like it's not that. supposed to. No, it's not supposed to hurt. <laughs> it can't. Yeah. And, and those people go on to, to, hurt, to other people. hurt other people. And also, if you stay with them, statistically, there's a good chance that they're, they're gonna hurt you so bad that yeah. You know, and, and for a lot of women, kill you. Yes. But yes, when I was reading about that, your story, I thought, that guy went on to hurt other women. I know. That, that guy's not going to... I yeah, know. ...what you describe. So it makes it so much better when you find someone <laughs> that just being able to say the word husband... Husband. <laughs> yeah. ...brings a smile to your face. What's yeah. the lesson that took you the longest to learn? Well... I think one of the lessons that was about my abusive ex, it mm -hmm. was, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks one day. Oh, I'm, I'm not this awful, ugly, stupid person he's trying to make me feel like I am. He's saying that because he's afraid of losing me. It just occurred to me one day. And it was like, I mean, light bulbs. And then I couldn't unsee it. And everything he said from then on just bounced right off me. And, and almost made me laugh at him because it was so transparent. So that was a lesson. And then the other lesson was, um, was about loving myself and the package I've come in. I, yeah, I, I, I have had real battles with self-esteem over the years. And, and when, I, when I finally learned that, you know, you learn it over and over again mm -hmm. until I really finally learned it. I mean, I still have bad days, obviously, mm -hmm. when we I'm like, hemorrhaging. But, uh, and I just let those days happen and know that tomorrow will be better. But, but when I learned that, that I, will fr I am proud of how I'm living, I'm proud of mostly everything I do mm -hmm. and how I'm living my life. And the people I love love me and they're close to me. And, and, and I, I'm just going to create my own, my own destiny, my own path. I think you were the one who said opportunity meeting preparation, yeah, yeah. right? And preparation I, meeting the moment of opportunity. Yeah, and, and that's that, what luck is. That's it. That's why, you know, when, when you said, when somebody said, um, I saw an interview where somebody said, oh, you were an overnight success, and you were like, <laughs> overnight? I said, what? <laughs> overnight? What it's night? prepare, 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 prepare. Right. And the, then the opportunity comes along, and you are ready. Right, or I'm playing catch up. Yes. And, but I will do everything I can to be prepared for the, the opportunity. What was the most worthwhile risk you think you ever took? Um, I think um, getting involved in the fight against gun violence. Mm. That was a scary one. Uh, 
And because you get a lot of trolls, you know you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you do. I uh, yeah, nothing can really prepare you for that wrath. Whoa. Um, but totally worth it. Wouldn't change anything. Mm -hmm. I, and I I know for a fact I sell less tickets because because of it, of it and wouldn't change it. Couldn't change it. Couldn't. What yeah. was the single moment in this country that made you say, I'm going to speak up? It was when um, Macy Bro and Jillian Johnson, two women, were murdered in the audience seeing Trainwreck in Lafayette, Louisiana on July 23rd. That day came out. Um, and I was like, yeah, it was, it was the if not the worst day, one of the worst days of my life. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to go there. Just like, what can I do? How, is there any way I can help? And, and it was like, no, you can't just this, you can't just help. There's no problem to solve it. This is something that I realized I was going to be working on. The more I got educated, I realized this is something I'm going to be working on the rest of my life. But what the Parkland students have, have done, you know, just, um, they're in the fearless. last couple of months, they're fearless. they're fearless, and they're really—they yeah, they made such fearless. a change that yes. I didn't even think I would see in my lifetime. Yes. So, uh, yeah. You know what? I was thinking when they, you know, uh, first started to speak up the day after this happened, or the day and the day after this yeah. happened, they don't have all the trappings and the. They don't have a job to lose. Yeah. They don't have a position right. or a title or a, that's. They're just fearless. They're yeah. just fearless. Yeah. And they're and they're just calling us out. Mm -hmm. You said you would protect me. You said we were safe. And um, I think actually it's something that that I, I continue to learn. Um, you know, we you get educated in school and. And you're supposed to, but they also tell you question authority mm -hmm. to a certain extent. But I feel like, I feel like my generation, like I was raised with an illusion of equality that doesn't exist for women, for people of color. It was kind of like, we're going to tell you about slavery. And this is what the 60 Minutes piece also made me think of. We're going to tell you about slavery. We're going to tell you about the Holocaust and how women couldn't vote. And, but that's the past. And now we're all equal. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. No, not all we're all equal. Everything's okay. And everything's like the, okay. Like the way you were raised. Right. Everything's okay. And just be okay. And so I just grew up thinking everybody was equal. And then I only in the, the last couple of years realized that's not enough. And from seeing Get Out, from Hamilton, from Atlanta, from all these great works of art, really feel like I, I've, I've woken up to to the real condition. To understand how the past continues to influence the present. Yes, and, and if now. you're not really actively working on a solution toward equality, then you're just part of the problem. It's not enough to just be nice and and treat everyone equally. It's not enough. Um, is there one thing you're still afraid to do, though? Or do you live fearlessly for the most part? Um, I was in a really bad surfing accident as a teenager, and I have a pretty big scar on my leg from it. So I am still pretty afraid of surfing. Mm. Um, I just want to be like, I just don't want to be careless with my body. But, uh, but in terms of like a fear, I, I love facing my fears. It's like boxing, like you're afraid of getting hit. But if you actually get in the ring and you spar with someone, you're, you're so afraid that it's like you're experiencing yeah. it, right? Like yes. you're putting your body through the, through the experience so when but then you get hit and then you're okay for the most part you know you're like mm -hmm. ow that hurt but I'm okay and then that fear leaves your body so I I am like I'm, I covet and I'm excited about challenges so you, in the magazine we're doing this 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 September issue which you're going to be in we're the in cover of <laughs> no. we're, we're doing this this uh, idea about taking a chance. Okay. There is not a greater chance that you take than getting up on stage. Sure. As a young comedian. I don't know. Running for president seems like a pretty big chance. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My friend Rory, I just have to tell you, he, the, Rory in the movie. Yeah. He has a joke right now where he said that you were waiting for a sign about that. Yes. And he goes, well, isn't it a pretty big sign that you're Oprah? <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought that was a pretty good, pretty good joke. But okay, sorry. Okay, so yes. when you, what gave you the courage the first time you got up on stage to take that chance? Um, I watched. I watched. A, well, to uh, keep getting up on stage. Oh, to so keep getting up. Okay, yes, after keep bombing. Getting, yes, after bombing. Yes. Oh, it was this this just undeniable drive to get better and having a taste of of laughter and of success and yeah. like boxing, it's like something you get better at. Yeah. And so realizing, it's like learning an instrument. I realized I'm not great at this, but I know if I keep, if I really work my ass off. I can get, I think I can get pretty good. And the encouragement of other people, other professional comedians saying, keep going and you know, you're not funny yet, but you have potential and you could be if you work really hard. Yeah. There were some crazy days on those buses, right? On, on, for stand-up? Yeah. Not my buses. I, <laughs> I would, yeah, no, it was a lot of like, um, no, because, I mean, that's for male comics, I think. Not all of them. That's a generalization. But, you know, I never hooked up on the road. I never, um, I wouldn't, like, get wasted after the show. I would go home and look over my set and, you know, try and be healthy, go to the next town, work on my jokes. Yeah, I think Bob Hope had a joke about that. I don't remember, but it was like the the guys who are like going out chasing the waitresses yeah. after are not the ones. Who yeah, but I think it was, there was a scene you described in the book where like there were all these guys on a bus and you, and I was like, well, where oh, were you? Oh, less comic standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was in my bunk crying from bombing so hard. Yeah, <laughs> they were all like had been in, doing stand up I, 10, 20 years, and I was like, I don't know, two years into doing stand up, and so I would just go up and in front of like thousands of people. Is that where you went night. out with a 15 minute set? You have 15 minutes and then you, but you had to do an hour? Oh, that was a different show. But this, okay. in this I did a 15, 20 minute set. Yeah. And the audience was just like, nope. You know, <laughs> and I was like, okay, what about this one? And they were like, not that one either. Like I wasn't good yet, you know, I wasn't. Uh, but I learned on that tour because I got so used to bombing. I wasn't even trying to do well. And once I stopped trying to do well and I just said what I thought was funny and stood there in my own power and because I trusted the jokes. It was that I, I didn't, you don't, there's no accounting for get going on the road and doing it. So I had to actually do the legwork and, and just bomb night after night. What do you feel like now when you walk out there and there they are, there's the audience. Well, waiting for you to make them laugh. Um, I feel like if it's a if I'm on tour and they're there to see me and they spent money on tickets and parking and they got a babysitter and I'm there Saturday night, I feel really grateful and like I know I'm gonna give them a great show. Like I'm gonna do everything I can to say I'm I'm grateful for your time. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna do everything in my power to to make you have the best night that I possibly can. And then if I'm, you know, just doing a set in New York at the Comedy Cellar, like an unannounced thing, um, I get such a nice greeting now. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that comes a lot of pressure. But that's a more laid-back setting, so mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of figuring it out. But um, I, I feel like fearless and. It like feels you, good to do work. Do you feel a vibe, a connection to them? To the audience? Uh-huh. Yeah, but when, they, when they've come to see me. Yeah. I mean, there's it's a different thing if it's just like a small show, yeah. low ceilings. That feels like we're in the trench together, you know? Like, um, and, mm -hmm. and that's a very offensive metaphor if you're a soldier. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, getting on stage and telling a joke, you're in the trench, bitch. But, but I get what you're saying. But if it's that a crowd that's this come together, because to there's a level of intimacy there. Yeah, yeah. like they, I found my people and, and they came and were like celebrating the night together. You know, there are people who say that you, the, the only regrets you have are the chances you didn't take. Would there be any of those for you? No. No? No. Really, you, no. You, you just, would you say you're living at high volume? I don't know what that means, but it makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> where, where the volume of your life is turned all the way up. Yeah, I guess so. Mm -hmm. But also it's turned down. I mean, especially being an introvert, I, I, I'm so excited in the movie premieres tomorrow and 
I can't wait for people to see it. But really what I'm really excited for is going home at the end of the night and my husband will make us amazing pasta and I'll get to laugh you with my sister. I know. Ugh. Am I brilliant? Ugh. I should be in Mensa just for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then and my dog in like sweatpants and, you know, just yes. the real stuff. The real stuff. Yeah. What's the chance you think all women should take? Believing in themselves. Yeah. Just take that chance. Just try it for a day, you know? When you wake up in the morning now, do you meditate in the morning or meditate in the evening? Or Both. You, you do twice a day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're really good. I do 20 minutes twice a day. Okay. Yeah. When you wake up in the morning and you have your moments of gratitude, because I know you're one of those people yeah. who do that, what is the thing that swells your heart and makes it so full you sometimes want to cry? Well, I'll cry if I say it now. Um, just my family. You know, just all the members of my family. Mm. I know, that's what I wanted, the moment that makes your heart swell. Everybody should have them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank I you. I knew this would happen. I, I wasn't I even knew worried. I I said, don't even put a mascara on me. I know it's coming up. <laughs> no, what I knew was that we'd one day meet. Because, yeah. And everybody always said, oh, you don't know her? I you know. don't know her? Uh, yeah. You don't? You haven't? <laughs> I and can't it believe it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. <laughs>